Hi, Alisa. This is like really, really awesome to actually be speaking to you, you know, actually finding time, you know, to, to actually be able to sit down with you. And again, thank you very much for hosting Remember the Plug event today. You know, it's really amazing for you to make your resource available, the stage, the LED, the lights, everything. Thank you very much for that. It's our pleasure to have you here. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. So, so basically, remember the, the, the plug event is really about featuring some of the people who are influential in the technical industry across Africa so that some other people on the continent can get to understand some of the ins and outs of the industry and some of the people behind some of the most influential work on the continent. So, so, so to just start off first, you know, I just want to know, just give us who you are, you know, just your name and a bit of your history where you grew up. Okay, so uh, my name is Alistair Kilby. Um, I uh, was originally born in the UK uh, and I moved to South Africa in 1984 as a young child. Um, and I spent obviously my youth in South Africa. So I feel like I've spent uh, the best part of my life here, you know, from, from 94, uh, 84, sorry, yeah. 1984 onwards. Um, and I was very lucky that uh, there was a local theater in the town that I grew up in, which was Midrand, which yeah. is not a tiny place now, but yes. it was a tiny place in yeah. the 80s. Um, and uh, I started working at that theater at a very early age, and I got, a, got bitten by the bug of entertainment and live theater. So I, uh, when I finally left school, I went to work there um, on, a, on a permanent basis, and that's really where I started my career in that theater and, uh, and grew to love theater and, and, and the theater industry and the live event industry as a whole. So from there, I went out on my own, like many people do, you yeah. go freelance, you try and do stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've continued to stay in the theater, but every now and then I've kind of slipped into the corporate eventing world. And, which, and, and, and I'm thinking first, before we get into the yeah. heart and meat of that, yes. I just want some people, you know, like if, if someone was 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 to basically talk to you and 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 they've got like two minutes to kind of know like what exactly you do, yes. what would you say? So I started out, as I said, in a lighting position. I started yeah. out well. I started out as an usher in the in the theatre first, and then I became a follow spot operator. Yeah. From a follow spot operator, I became a assistant stage manager, yeah. lighting operator. Um, and so I was basically a lighting person. When I left and I went freelance, I was a lighting designer. And then I found that there wasn't enough work as a lighting designer at the current time in South Africa. So I kind of very accidentally fell into a position of technical director for okay. productions. I was a lighting designer on a, on a musical called uh, Fame the Musical at the State Theatre. The production manager fell ill and they needed somebody to step up and take that position. So I stepped up to take that position and have sort of created my own niche in the market in South Africa oh, gotcha. to be the technical director for a lot of productions that come in from overseas. Gotcha. So now I am a technical director for franchise musicals, okay. and I obviously run Split Beam. Gotcha, gotcha. And for me, for as long as I've known you, it was, it was always to do with theater. You know, like for as long as I've known you, it was always like, been like most of your passion from from what I pick up from the outside, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. My my passion one hundred percent is theatre. Um, I, as I said earlier, I was I sort of slid into the corporate eventing market for a little while, like most freelancers do, because that's where the money is. And I went and did some of those things. I, I 
took Samsung air conditioners around the country. I took, yeah. I took washing powder around the country. I did all sorts of those horrible roadshows and stuff. But what I realized is I don't like that. And that was never good for my soul. I never yeah. had like a feeling of, of, of fulfillment from yeah. that work. Yes, I got paid. Yeah. But I didn't want to have a life where it was about money. Yeah. I wanted to have a life that was about filling my soul. Yeah. And, and theater is where I felt that. So I always say that I went back to my soul food, which is theater. Yeah. And I want to make a living doing what I love doing. Great. So I'm one of those privileged people that they say never works a day in their lives because yeah. they enjoy it. Exactly. My hobby is theater. My life is theater. My work is theater. So and, that's and, why. And now in your career, are there some of like the most memorable moments or some of the most memorable productions that you worked on? Wow. I mean, obviously... Uh, there's, there's a few that, that string to mind straight away. I mean, for one, Chicago, the musical is my favorite musical. Mm -hmm. It always has been. I love that show. I've done that show, uh, three South African tours of that show. I've done it in Japan. I've done it in the uh, Middle East. So I I'm, I'm really feel very connected to that show. But one of my uh, other shows that was my first big international Asian tour was We Will Rock You, the, the Queen musical. I yeah. started that in South Africa with... Uh, with I had done a few shows, but I hadn't done shows on that scale before. So it was my first big, big show as a technical director. And I learned a lot of what they say, school fees yeah. from mistakes and things on that show. Yes. But I did that show on and off for seven years. And I really wow. enjoyed that show. Yeah. And I got to see some amazing places and meet some amazing people. So I really feel like that was the show that made me feel gotcha. like I'd made it. You yeah. know? Got you. Got you. And... Uh, for some people who might, who might not know the difference between uh, uh, theater production and like ordinary concerts, like concerts, concerts, you know, what would you say are the key differences between the two? So the key difference really between theater and live events uh, for me is that theater has got to happen exactly the same every night, seven or eight times a week, and sometimes 52 weeks a year. So for me, it's a different skill because those people who are in the theater have to understand that that cue has to be right every day at the same time, at the same place. Whereas in a live environment with a rock band or whatever, it's a lot more fluid. Yeah. And the band may change numbers and things may happen and, and you've got to go with those punches. Yeah. And you get through the event and you get the adrenaline, the event goes away and you remember the good times. But with theater, you've got to do it every night. Yeah. I mean, a lot of theater performers will say that you know, anyone can sing in a movie, you yeah, know? Yeah. But to sing every, the same song every night, eight times a week, that's the, where the skill comes in. Gotcha. So it's the same for a technician, because as you're doing a show, you can't get complacent. You can't stop and, uh, and stop thinking about it and start worrying about your bill for this or that or next yeah. thing. You've got to think and concentrate on the show and make sure that you're doing the best show every night. We always say that you've got to do the best show for that audience. You know, and then tomorrow is a new audience yeah. and they deserve the same or better show or, you know, the, the same show that the guys yesterday had and the guys tomorrow will have. Yeah. You know, so that's the difference. Yeah. And for me in uh, live events, one of my my thing that I do to pump me up is like today's show that I'm doing might be someone else's last show. You know, Absol <laughs> you know? absolutely. So, so it's, it's like when I go to work and I do a job, I'm just trying to make that memorable for someone's last show. And it's also someone's first show, you know. Absolutely. Make it I mean, for them. the yeah. funniest thing about, about what we do as a, as a career with, these, with the entertainment and things is that, that a lot of people say, you know, it's not life or death. You're not a doctor. You're not a, you're yeah. not a nurse. You're not keeping somebody alive. But you can, 
you can give them an experience they will remember forever. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, apart from COVID, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yes. What are, what are some of the most challenging things that you have faced in your line of work? So, look, I mean, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Splitbeam was started because I felt that in South Africa there wasn't a, a rental company specific for the theater, okay? And uh, that's why I started my company, to work specifically in the theater. But what I chose is I chose the hardest part of probably one of the hardest industries in the world because theater is the lowest budget of any of the live events mm. and also live events in general are hard to make a living in. Yes. So what we found is I managed to find the hardest part of the hardest part to try and make a living. Yeah. But that's because, that, as I said earlier, that's because that's what I have passion for. Yeah. So that's why I do it. Um, you have to try and make a living, yeah. but but you you have to balance that. But it is it is very tricky because theatre has always since day dot had the lower budgets. You know, they're yeah. not feature films, they're not big rock concerts. Yeah. So so it makes it tricky. Yeah, and uh, and and also uh, just out of interest, how have you as a company and as a person been able to secure some of these high profile productions? You know. <laughs> Or, or be able to be in the network of those, like some of the top production in the world, like how? Uh, so, so the thing for me is it, I was very lucky. And, and I think a lot of people say, a lot of entrepreneurs and people say that life is about as much luck as it is hard work, okay? Yeah. So I was very lucky, as I said, to get that first job mm -hmm. as a technical director yeah. and meet some amazing producers, you know, in South Africa and, and work with them and get into a situation where they understand the benefit of what I can bring to the table. Yeah. And when when I when you've built that trust with a producer, then they trust that you've got their best interests at heart. And then they obviously get international clients or whatever, and it becomes and 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 to be honest with you, the network in the world is not that big. So once you get into that network, and after time you meet more people and you prove yourself over and over, then you become uh, luckier to get to where you get to. So it's about meeting the right people. They always say it's a relationship business. Yeah, yeah. It's who you know, not what you know. I don't necessarily agree with that. It's who you know and what you know. Yeah, true. You know, you can know it all, but if you don't know the right people, you're not going anywhere. You exactly. can know the right people, but if you don't know it, you're also not going anywhere. Exactly. So, so it's a balance. One day it catches up with you. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, you know, I, for me, I, I believe that every day is a learning experience. Yeah. You should always be willing to learn. All right, and you should never be too scared to say, "I don't know how to do that." Yeah, I think people who pretend to 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 know how to do something because they're too scared to say they don't know—that's then there's a flaw in their personality. They need to solve that and be able to say, "I need help. Yeah. I don't know how to do this." Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've done some things in my life that were very strange. Like I've mixed shows sound-wise. Yeah, in the Teatro and in the Durban ICC, I'm not a sound person. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but in the situation that I found myself at that time, I had to mix that show. Yeah. So I did it. Now I'm not saying that I'm a sound guy. I'm yeah. just saying that sometimes you just need to, I will phone people and say, how do you do this, this, yeah. and this? And tell, yeah. help me through this because now I've got to find a way to make this happen. Yeah. You know? And, and there's something across Africa, right? Like in, in Kenya, I was doing a job there for one of my clients and then I was staying opposite an old theater, so I went over there. I did see like a really decent, good show, 
And then also in Ghana, I saw this other place, I think it used to be a theater, mm -hmm. and the building looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Also in Zimbabwe, I've also gone through and watched a theater show. So from, from your understanding of the theater space in Africa, post-COVID, of course, yes, right? yes. are there opportunities for some of these countries in terms of big, because you as a, you as a company, you've got proper, amazing equipment, yes, right? Yes, yes. But are there opportunities in the other African countries to also invest in such equipment? I think, like, is, I think is there, there any potential? I think, I think there is. It just depends on what you are wanting to do. Okay. Like those, all those countries, as you say, look, let's face it, every country on the planet has some amazing theater, all right? It's whether you want to put on the big franchise show, the Phantom of the Opera, the We Will Rock You, those kind of things. If you want to do those kind of shows, the franchise West End Broadway shows, then you're going to need specific equipment. Then you must have a company like a split beam yeah. to get that equipment from. If you want to put on something amazing but local, like South Africa has amazing local dance and local uh, uh, theater shows, then you can do that with slightly less, I won't say less uh, professional equipment, but slightly less um, expensive Coaching. level of that equipment. You know, yeah. you don't have to have the latest and greatest, whereas for a certain franchise show, you will be told, I must have that. So I think, I think there is a market for it. What I would say is I don't think there's a market for the whole of Africa to have a, a theater rental company in each place. Gotcha. I would like to think that in Southern Africa, we could deal with a large chunk of Africa. The Middle East can deal with a large top of Africa and you can get things in the middle, you know? Gotcha. But um, it does really depend on, on what, what is out there. And also it, re it, re it requires there being designers that push the level of technical stuff that they Coaching. want. So yeah. if you've got a great sound designer in Ghana, he's going to want better equipment. Yeah. If you've got a great lighting guy in Zimbabwe, he's going to want better equipment so that he can create his art. Gotcha. And that's what really we do is we supply equipment for designers to help them create their art. Gotcha. And that's that's the main thing. Yeah. And now we come to the to COVID-19, you know, yes. like some people say there was no 2020, you know? And just of interest, how have you managed to kind of, you know? So, so this is the thing. Obviously, um, we're part of a larger group of yeah. companies. Gearhouse, yeah. Gearhouse South Africa Group is a is a big company, a big group of companies, and Splitbeam is just one small portion of that. So the whole thing took a big hit from COVID, went into business rescue. So straight away, we're already on the back foot, but we're being luckily protected by the by the business rescue uh, systems in South Africa. Yeah. But then we started to fight. Now, the one thing about me is I like a good fight. Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a physical fighter, yeah. but I, yeah. like, I like an argument or a, you know, something. And I also yeah. like puzzles. So COVID-19 came to me as a puzzle and we were like, we've got to find ways to get through this. Yeah. So there were a couple of key elements that I said to myself about split beam is one, we have to keep the staff employed for as long as possible. Cool. Okay. Two, we have to keep the business open to employ the staff. Three, that uh, we want to continue servicing our clients in the way that they used to us. We don't want to suddenly put our prices up and start ripping people off. Yes. So we've kept our pricing and everything the same. And what we're doing now is trying so hard to make sure that we just get turnover to pay the staff their salaries. Gotcha. Okay. So 
really the equipment now becomes almost a lost leader. The equipment yeah. is only here so that the staff can get a salary. And that's the mindset that I set in the beginning to get through the, the, the initial part of the pandemic. Obviously, like many people, nobody knew how long it was going to take. We thought three weeks, then we thought five weeks, then yeah. we thought three months. So we had all these conversations as to what to do. Uh, this studio we actually opened exactly a year ago. So last, uh, last May, okay. we put it up which was a couple of months into the lockdown because I resisted for a while. The guys kept saying, let's build a studio, let's build a studio. Everyone's building studios. So I was like, we are a live theater company. Studio live streaming is not really going to work because yeah. a lot of our clients didn't want to do it. Yeah. But we decided in the end, we're going to do it anyway and gotcha. try and put it at the right price because yeah. I think a lot of people built studios in South Africa. I'm sure worldwide, a lot of people built studios and they all started trying to make a lot of money in one day. Yeah. Everyone true. thinks suddenly we're now we're at a major TV studio, we're going to charge a fortune. So I said to my guys, we have to build a studio, but we have to build a studio that is cost effective. So as we built it and we worked out the pricing, I said, that's too expensive. That's too expensive. That's too expensive. And we pushed and we pushed and we pushed to keep the price as low as possible gotcha. so that we could find ways to do things. Because I've always been like that. I always like to do things in a in a cost-effective budget manner because that's where theater comes from. Exactly, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, so we got into COVID and, and obviously we're still trying. Yeah. I've tried to diversify. We have the studio. We have yeah. a dome outside stage at yes, the I've National School of the Arts, yeah. which we're very happy that we've, we've partnered with the National School of the Arts because I also believe, like I've always believed at Splitbeam that we're here to, to build the next generation of theater audiences and yeah. theater technicians and performers. Like without the audience, there's no point in having the performers or the technicians and vice versa. There's no point in having no performance and no technicians. So we need to be in a situation where we continue growing that through COVID. Because what we can't do is go back to the early 90s in South Africa, just before the, the election and yeah, all yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Theater would, took a real dive. There mm. was no theater and it was very hard to make a living. So I don't want to go through that. I don't want COVID to be that thing we look back and go, this killed South African theater for 10 years or 20 years, maybe yeah. a generation. We exactly. don't know. Yeah. So, so for you, what, 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 what do you see as the future for theater in Africa? What's, what's, what's your outlook? I, I believe that theater always has a future. You know, so I believe theater will continue to grow. I mean, theater's been around as the longest art form ever, I believe. You know, I mean, mm. you, how can anyone say? Exactly. We can all argue. Exactly. Yes, Somebody yes, probably painted on a wall in a cave before they did whatever, but they sat around a fire yes. and they told stories. Yes. That's theater. You know, They uh, danced around a, a, a fire. That's theater. So theater's been around forever and theater will continue to be here because people will always need stories. What happens is theater will change yeah. and we will have people doing online streaming theater and we'll have people doing live theater. We'll have people doing pop-up theater and we'll have people doing all sorts of things, maybe stuff that we don't even know about yet, yeah. that will continue to grow. So theater will evolve and theater will always be there. And I hope that Split Beam will evolve with it and keep up with the times. I have always been as passionate about a one-man play in a phone box, let's say, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they've done at the, the Edinburgh Festival, a one-man play in a phone box to an audience of one, as I am about a big show, because I believe that Split Beam has to be here for all types of theater. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, like you just saying that actually gives me hope 
of theater because like when when I go into different African countries and I'm doing jobs and you see a place that used to be a theater and how it looks, I'll just be like, hmm, you know, but from the way you're looking at it, I can actually see the ease really. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's yeah. a very tricky time right now. South Africa's yeah. losing theaters quite regularly. The Fugard Theater closed down recently. The Theater on the Square is in deep trouble in Santon. So there's a lot of theaters that are closing and yeah. they will close. The Alhambra closed years ago, but they will also come back and new theaters will be made and things will happen. So I think there's also a, there's also a life cycle, yeah. you know? There's going to be times where some theaters will close and some theaters will open. And it has to be about how the management adapt and change. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. And, and, and um, for someone who would want to, in a way, achieve some of the things that you've achieved, you know, for someone who, who dreams one day of owning a, a company that works on theater productions at the level that you do, you know, what would be some of your advice to them? Well, my advice, first of all, is uh, you have to be passionate about it. If this is not what your passion is, then this is not what you want to do. Gotcha. Okay? Because uh, in the theater, you're not going to become rich. You will never become financially rich. You will become, you know, uh, rich in, in your soul or whatever, as we said earlier, <laughs> exactly. but you're not going to be financially rich. Yes. You can make a good living. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Some people yeah. make a very good living, but you do have to have a passion. If gotcha. you don't have that passion... It's a very strange job because it's a job that, as I said, it happens seven nights a week yeah. or eight nights a week, uh, you know, eight shows a week, yeah. depending on what, uh, which show you're working on. And you will always get a crisis phone call. What we have in, in theatre is amazing because we have what is always an emergency, yeah. you know. There's always an emergency at five to eight when the show's at eight o'clock and you feel like the whole world's ended because somebody tripped the power or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. And... You have to keep into perspective that we are entertainment for people, but we are also, like we said earlier, affecting their evening. They yeah. can upset their evening or, yes. you know, they can have a bad experience. Like, so it's, uh, it's important that we, we uh, you, you understand that, 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 that you, if you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to want yes. to do this because it's going to infect, it's going to affect your life. I know, for instance, I've missed birthday parties. I've missed uh, weddings. My wife has missed weddings. I've missed. I've had people in my in my crew miss graduations. So, you have to understand that that your personal life is going to take a hit for this industry. This industry is not an industry for people who want to go home at five o'clock and turn their phone off. Yeah, you know, you. I'm on call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, like like a doctor almost. Yeah, but for entertainment, <laughs> you know, you. ridiculous. Yeah, and. Um, uh, just to just talk about Splitbeam as mm -hmm. a company, mm -hmm. the services it provides, and uh, maybe some of the markets you you focus on providing services, so that for someone who doesn't know who Splitbeam is, they just have an, yep. an overview idea. Yeah. So so Splitbeam started out as a theatre specialist uh, lighting company, okay, with me as a technical director that could go and do your event. But we always knew that we weren't going to be just a lighting company. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a bit of a conflicted thing here because I don't believe in the one-stop shop system, which a lot of rental companies do, which yeah. is they do everything, okay? Yeah. Because I don't believe you can be a specialist in every department. So what we've done at Split Beam is unfortunately because of the 
the theater market, we've realized that we can't only do lighting and somebody else does sound because they actually don't have the equipment to do the sound oh, for the theater. So we ended up in a situation where we do lighting, we do sound, we do AV, we do rigging, and we do technical management and crewing, okay? Mm -hmm. What else do we do? Uh, I said AV, yeah, yes, so, so, yes. so that's pretty much what we do. But I always wanted to make sure that we didn't become that uh, that one-stop shop, shop, shop yeah. where the lighting guy mixes the sound. Exactly. So we still have very clear dif different uh, lines between each thing. A lighting yeah. guy is a lighting guy, a sound guy is a sound guy, an AV guy is an AV guy. However, COVID has changed exactly. that yes. entirely. Yes. Look, yes. But, yes. but in the theater market, we've always kept those lines, okay? Yeah. Because it's important that we give the customer the exact service that they deserve. And also, the one thing to remember about what Splitbeam does is our customers are not necessarily South African. Because a lot of the shows come from overseas, we will deal with overseas designers who are doing, who are overseeing that show for its South African leg. Gotcha. Let's say Riverdance, Lord of the Dance, uh, Tap Dogs, any of these things. It's international people that are coming to South Africa and they expect a standard that they would get in America that, uh, I mean, uh, one of the things I, I found amazing was we did um, Elvin Ailey Dance Company from America. They came to South Africa and the lighting guy from America said to me, this is the best rental company for theater he has ever seen outside of North America. Sure. And I was blown away. Yeah. And he said that I've never seen any other company with Altman clamps, with yeah. top hats and all the stuff, all the accessories that yeah. you would get on Broadway but you can get it in Johannesburg. Yeah. And I believe that's what makes Splitbeam different, is we have the stuff that nobody else in South Africa has yeah. because we understand our market. Yeah. And to, to deliver to our market, you have to have these things, but you will never rent them out to anything else but an international lighting designer for that particular production. Gotcha. No, this has really been amazing. I really thank you, Alista, for taking the time to just come and sit no, totally. and talk to me like this and share this amazing thoughts, you know, and just the way you look at things, you know. And, and, and I think one key takeaway for me is just the quality of like, you know what, this thing, you need to be passionate about it. You know, if Absolutely. you're just doing the numbers, you know, you may not go the full way. I don't know if there's anything that you'd want to, to, to add on everything you have spoken about but, but really for me i'm like this has really been amazing yeah i mean look i mean there's nothing there's there's you can talk for hours about all these <laughs> exactly, things obviously exactly, exactly. but for, for yeah. me it's just as i said continue with the passion yeah but but make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons yeah. okay that's the thing is if if the if the reason is wrong yeah then you're never gonna 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 make it and deliver the service or the quality that you should no, this has been epic. Thank you very much, Alisa, for Thank taking you. the time. It's been amazing. All good. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Go back. Cool.